0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from
1: First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Well, we're going to have a, ton- a good time right now either way, because it is a Wednesday, and that means that Pat Bradley is joining us here on the hotline, so let's go ahead and welcome in our guy, PB. Pat, what's going on, my man? How how was your Christmas?
0: What's happening, fellas? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Um, you know, same old business, just did a lot of eating. Um... Mostly laying around watching the games, so yeah, it was good. It was uh, felt like I was holed up for about a day and a half, you know, through Christmas Eve to Christmas, just eating and uh, watching TV and having
1: a good time. So it was
0: good, it was good. You guys, uh, no big news going on around um, Christmas, pretty quiet or what?
1: Uh, for, you know, for the most part, um, you know, it was more about, you know, for like Arkansas, for instance, like football, hey, they got a big commitment from Bradley Shaw, the linebacker on Christmas Day, which I kind of laughed about, PB, because I'm not saying every kid's like this coming out of high school, but there are a lot of them that's like, hey, when I make my announcement, I want to have the attention. I want to do it at a time when I know I'm going to have that attention and and everyone's going to be, you know, waiting and I'm going to announce it at this point in time. But I got to give this kid credit. He announced on Christmas, which I don't think anybody really thought it was going to be on Christmas. He did in the morning Everyone's distracted with Santa coming to town and all that and really didn't have much of the attention. I think he did on purpose. So I'm like, you know what? I respect that. He, he did it just on Christmas as a Christmas gift and wasn't uh, too demanding of anyone's attention that day. So who was it now? Get me caught
0: up. It was a recruit? Or yes. For the, uh,
1: yeah, for the Razorback football team, Bradley Shaw, he was a linebacker, a four-star linebacker out of Hoover, Alabama, who had Arkansas and Clemson there in his final two, and he had offers to Auburn, had offers to Bama, and a lot of the other places, but uh, announced it on uh, Christmas Day that he is uh, going, going, and heading into Arkansas, going to be a freshman on this team next year, linebacker.
0: So he didn't do one of the uh, video hat reveals. He just he just posted it online. I mean, well on Twitter.
1: Well, I think I think he did do a little hype video, but it wasn't anything extra intricate or anything like that. It was just kind of like one of those deals where I was hanging out with all five of my nephews, which were running around after Santa came to town and blown up on Twitter notifications, like, oh, he committed and signed. I was like, wow, how about that? All on Christmas I mean, Day.
0: You know, yeah. All on Christmas Day, well, maybe he wanted to time it and give uh, uh, Coach Pitt a little Christmas present for him. Um, but, yeah, well, those uh, those videos and everything, hmm. I still don't know how to feel about all that stuff. <laughs> I still don't know. I mean, it's, it's like I spend two or three years watching these hype videos of high school players. And, and then I never, and then they don't even, some of them don't even pan out. And it's like, why did I spend all this time watching videos <laughs> of these guys? And they don't even end up getting off the bench.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Cause I was thinking too, of like the amount of players that you remember from their signing day. What Creativity. Like some people bring out live animals of whatever mascot is. We've seen a gator. <laughs> You know, a bulldog and everything. I think the the question I have, Pat, is, you know, what what happened to that alligator that he brought out? I don't think he kept it. Or you know, what happened to that bulldog? Was no. it actually his, or like did he just borrow it? That's the thing I started thinking about. Was these live mascots that come out. I was like, did you actually keep that poor animal, or did you give it away, or did you rent it out? Like, what made you get that point? All the props,
0: all the props that everybody they put all their effort and energy into uh, into the props. I guess you know. My hope would be that signing Day, although it is a uh, life-changing moment, that's just part of the journey and, and not the highlight of it because, you know, there's there's m- many more um, milestones to reach. And, you know, when you do reach one milestone, it's, it's more of not the sense of I've made it now, it's a sense of, just lets me know I'm on the right path to, to ultimately continue to go. And so I hope they don't put all their energy and effort in type <laughs> video.
1: Hopefully there's a lot more of them. The Pat Bradley hype stuff. video would have been epic. Yeah. Let's tell you what, I can imagine what your hype video would have looked like PB, if you were committing these days, uh, you know, it would have been, oh, it would have been something, be, man.
0: Uh, it would have been something. No, but it's, it's fun. I get it. And, um, you know, kind of, it's it's something you know, I I know probably coaches and I'd imagine, you know, programs encourage that because, you know, they want to get they wanna get that word out. They want, you know, other players to see you know, people come into their programs and you know, that's just probably um and social media allows that to happen probably more in our face than it, than it has ever been before. Thankfully. Thank you, social media. <laughs> Everything is in my face.
1: <laughs> well, well, PB, last time uh, we had a chance to talk with you, we were, we were discussing uh, Razorback basketball, and they only had two games in the non-conference slate. And in their uh, game against Abilene Christian, the first half was just atrocious. Must was upset, but second half really turned it on, did some really nice things, got Minifield involved, and here we are in one final game of the non-conference slate. Going up against a team, though, that – it is pretty damn good. A team that beat Kentucky there in Rupp Arena, UNC yeah. Wilmington. So just heading into this game, uh, what do you want to see from the Arkansas? But also, uh, what do you make uh, of this final matchup against a team that has already had a few upsets along the way so far?
0: Yeah, no, they're they're they take care of the basketball. UNC Wilmington, just you know, it's 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 a it's a simple recipe in a way. Um, You know, take care of the basketball, especially, you know, you go to Kentucky and you're going to win it, um, you know, on the road in a school like that. You want to, you know, you have to do those things, whether it's, you know, good rebounding team, take care of the basketball. They're not a great three point shooting team, Um, you know, right about average in terms of percentage. So, and that's been one of, you know, if you want to point to one of our defensive struggles. Um, But really, you want to be, I think we talked about this last week. It's, you know, one good half, one bad half, it's just sort of like a yo yo, you know, it's a roller coaster ride. And, you know, the two things that well, a few things, but certainly struggled with defending the pick and roll. Um actually even defending the dribble. And you know, there were multiple times where guys were able to just take someone off the dribble, get right into the lane and finish or kick out for a three. And then of course it's defending the three. Um and it's from defending three in multiple positions because you know you, you, you can you know, you have to understand how to defend the three in transition. All right. I mean you have communication stop the ball. But then also it's you know from a down screen defendant that way, whether it's a pick and pop. So there's a variety of ways that you can improve and from a defensive standpoint. So the other thing I'm gonna be looking for is I felt like that, you know, early on in the season, it looked like they're all connected. It like it was really promising, you know, first couple of games because it looked like five guys on the floor looked like they had been playing for five years together. The ball was moving, guys were moving. They just they just sort of looked very cohesive. And then, you know, you know, fast forward to a few games, a few weeks, and it just seemed like guys became. And I don't think they're selfish. I just think they became too much of dribbling on them, trying to do too much on their own. And they're one of the lowest team assists, you know, in the SEC. They averaged maybe about, what, like 10, 11 assists per game as a team. I think they had eight last week, uh, eight against Evelyn Christian. So, you know, that that just shows you that the ball isn't moving the way it needs to that guys are catching and maybe are unsure, like, what do I do? Let me try to do something here. And, again, I don't think it's from a selfish standpoint. And I think sometimes that's just naturally what a guy, uh, you know, you bring in three, four guys that score 15, 16, 17 points a game, they're probably used to just catching it and going and getting a, getting a bucket themselves. You wonder if Minifield, you know, can be that facilitator got it encourages the ball movement. That'd be something I'm looking for. So I think point guard play. um, And just from a defensive standpoint, because I don't know, man, you're not going to make it through the SEC if you cannot get down and get some tough stops. Like, it's just, it's not going to happen. It's just not, you're not going to outscore every team every night. And, you know, you start looking at the schedule now, you know, We start looking at this schedule and you know, you're going to have to figure out how you... We're sitting on eight wins now. I mean, you got to get to twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, 22, right, if you want to win. I mean, if you want to get a chance to get in the NCAA tournament. Good news is there's going to be a lot of opportunities on that schedule because the projection now is there's nine teams from the SEC and Joey Lenardi's bracket, which is pretty amazing. The Hogs aren't even... Yeah, you, I think everybody would have expected Hogs to be one of them. So, going to have a lot of chances to improve that resume.
1: So, you're with Pat Bradley here on Out of Bounds. And, yeah, PB, that's – I think it's surprising to everybody is uh, seeing Arkansas not there yet, at least in bracketology. But you can't blame them. It's not like they're getting screwed over or anything. But just the SEC in general, you mentioned the amount of teams that, that are mentioned. I thought it was pretty fascinating where, yeah, not all non-conference schedules are, are different and the, the competition and everything. But you're, you're talking about – uh, a team like arkansas for instance sitting there at eight and four but then you throw in somebody like uh, texas a&m who's had a few losses who was picked to finish second in the sec tennessee who's got three losses it, they're quality losses in a lot of cases but just what do you think of the overall sec especially the top half of it do, do you think anything's changed as far as who you think the best teams are or at least the ones that can compete or are there some of the teams where you're like ah Maybe I was wrong about them, whether they're better than what you thought or worse than what you thought.
0: Well, I think, obviously, Ole Miss. You know, you just – you know, you didn't – I don't think anybody could have – you thought that they weren't going to have a bad season. You know, they – it wasn't like the, the program was in dismay. I think that's something that's overlooked is, you know, you have some coaching changes where a coach comes in and, and the program is just like, sideways, just absolute sideways. I mean, Kermit Davis did a really good job, you know, had some unfortunate, untimely injuries to key players. So, you know you knew Ole Miss wasn't going to be a rollover, but my goodness, 12 and all, their top 25-length team right now, they're just starting to get the respect. And if you watch them, like, they're even better than – I mean, I mean they're, they're a legit top 20 team. I mean, they're legit. With the talent they have, um, and obviously you know Chris Beard is as good as anybody I've seen in year one. Yeah, he's as good as anybody when he when he gets there immediately. He's able to you know, get his message out and, and kind of galvanize the guys. So what he's doing, what South Carolina's doing, they've done a, they did an excellent job of in the portal identifying a few guys to bring in. And they're older; they're better decision makers. I think that's um, improved. So those two teams right off the bat, and you know, the wild card for me was Kentucky, just because. I mean, you bring in five absolute freshman studs. You never know. We've seen not all five stars are are built the same. Hmm. Number one, and you don't know when they're gonna when they're gonna turn the page. Like you don't know when. You know, is it going to be January, February, where they start now? But they've shown that they can, you know, go toe to toe with um, with just about anybody. I mean, they have that kind of talent. So, I was just looking at something on Twitter. I forget the guy. He's a bracketology guy. Um, I forget if I can find it quickly here. I'll give a shout out to his Twitter handle. But he does a nice job of sort of simplifying it for all uh, us laymen. Oh, here he is, JBR Bracketology, and uh, he, he lists the each conference and in um, the quad one win basically the, the best wins of the season and the SEC was slightly uh, number two in terms of behind the big East in terms of co- the most quality wins of the season for a conference so you know you take a team like Tennessee yeah three losses but those a quality losses um, so I think the SEC has done a good job in the non-conference, you know, and, and that's what – and the result of that is nine teams projected in right now. Um, so, you know, and what happens? Maybe a team like Arkansas puts it together and,
1: you know, and, and can
0: claw away at some of those other big-time quad one, quad two wins.
1: Well, PB, for what you get out of here, man, uh, college football semifinals are going to be happening uh, between – uh, teams. yeah oh, here uh,
0: already.
1: It's I, I know. Here. I know. Finally. it's it's incredible, and I know people are looking forward to it. You got Michigan and Alabama, and then Washington and Texas. How do you think those semis uh, play out, and who you who you got in the national championship game? Uh,
0: I get the rematch: Texas, Alabama. Um, Alabama's just playing so well. I'll get Michigan credit though, with all the controversy and. Everything that's gone on with them this year, and, oh, a lot of controversy with them. They've done a good job of blocking it out so far, um, but I'll, I'll go with uh, Bama, Texas. Bama wins it all, man. How about that, uh, and I don't know about the spreads and all that, but I'll take Bama.
1: Yeah, no, that, that's a safe bet. It's just funny because uh, this feels like it's one of Nick Saban's worst teams, and people have been, you know, talking about oh they're they're cooked, they're no longer the same, and. And if they win another national championship, it's like even in the years that they're down and don't look overly impressive, they still find a way to win it all. But that's uh, the Nick Saban factor for you, it seems like. But it should be... Yeah,
0: op- well, the thing is, he, he loses... They look like they get manhandled against Texas, right? Right. And then fast forward two, three months, whatever it was, <clears throat> you beat the number one team in the country. So it showed me that they can win they can beat anybody you know whereas maybe at the beginning of the season like ah, maybe there's four or five teams better than them but not after that SEC championship game Hmm. they've shown that they can beat anybody and I think Georgia if they were in this tournament they would beat everybody I think Georgia's probably the best team in the country yeah
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that and that's why it's uh, just so crazy and why we can't wait for the 12 teams in the playoff to actually start happening because Needs to get here pretty quick, fast, and in a hurry, but either way. Pat, as always, PV, we appreciate you joining us. It was great having you on each and every uh, week here on Out of Bounds with me for the past four years, man, and going to miss uh, talking to you each and every day. So it was uh, great to have you a part of the show each and every day, and uh, look forward to seeing you around, man, which I know uh, you'll, be, you'll be around. You'll be, you'll be hanging out, and we'll still be seeing each other on occasion.
0: There's no doubt, buddy. Congratulations. You're the man. Great, great fun we've had. Um, I'll give you a shout this weekend, buddy. We'll get caught up.
1: Absolutely. We will. We will, PB. Appreciate it, man. Have a happy new year.
0: All right, buddy. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Motorsports Authority. Thanks, Todd.